Let's all pray and prepare our hearts in prayer and uh, ask God to guide us through his truth. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, once again we come to you. We thank you, Lord, for, being, for having the privilege of being in your presence. But Lord, we, we are not just people acknowledging your presence, but we acknowledge in your presence your authority in our life, in our hearts, in everything that we do, your authority, Lord but also the authority of your word that we submit ourselves to because it is the only thing that can transform us and and, uh, and change us, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you will uh, pour out your spirit so that everything that, that we are will be touched by the truth that is contained in your word. This prayer we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go to uh, uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, I would like to read from uh, chapter 1. I mentioned last, last Sunday about the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 to 18 is, uh, is known as the prologue of John, but I'm going to just read a few verses in this chapter 1. Let's do it. John 1, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light, uh, the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, or some translation says, did not overcome it. That's about all I want to read. We'll discuss that later. Last week, uh, the title of, of, of my sermon was The Prevailing Truth. We're on this series of, of the truth of God. So uh, last week, the prevailing truth. And this morning, I want to talk about Jesus, the Word of God, the prevailing truth. Jesus, the Word, the prevailing truth. And uh, in our discussion last week, I, we, we, we tackled the importance of the truth and how the disciples, in, we, we went through the, uh, John chapter 17, and, and in there we, we talked about how disciples were left by Jesus to be in the world and yet not of it. But for that to happen, to become people who are in the world, yet not of the world, for that to happen, Jesus prayed. And in his prayer, it's not so they are taken out of the world, because they're going to be in the world, but that the Father will protect them from the evil one. And the way for the Father to protect them is by preserving them in the truth. In John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said, Father, sanctify them in the truth, and your word is truth. So uh, the way God sanctifies us or preserves us by being in the truth. And how he does it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus, in leaving the disciples and in comforting the disciples, 
in chapter 16 verse 13 Jesus said I am going to leave someone someone will come and and a person will come replace me called the spirit of truth which is the Holy Spirit and this Holy Spirit will guide us or will lead us into all the truth and in that promise Jesus described how this Holy Spirit will not speak out of his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak it's interesting the spirit of truth will lead us into all the truth yet he will not speak out of his own authority this is actually is very a very important uh, point because many people claim to be led by the Holy Spirit but when you listen to the way they speak the way they talk it's like that's not how the Holy Spirit will speak because anyone who claims to speak of the Holy Spirit there has to be a scriptural or biblical base in everything that they say not necessarily word for word but sometimes I question what is it it's not scriptural so some people think it's prophecy whatever they think oh the Holy Spirit says this but my thing is if it's not scriptural it's not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will not speak anything other than what is biblical I just want to make that, that clear and I want to make this statement when we speak about the truth there's only one truth the truth that is embodied taught and proclaimed by Jesus that's it so we can't just claim to move by the, by the Holy Spirit and yet not have biblical truth or biblical foundation in that there's another warning in the Bible I'd like to read in uh, this is Paul's last last letter second Timothy just prior to his execution he managed to write this letter to Timothy Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there, were, there, there will come, some, uh, come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good <laughs> man he can preach on all of this topic <laughs> treacherous reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure and pleasure rather than God sounds like the world today yeah. having the appearance of godliness but have denied the power or its power and this is what Paul said avoid such people for among them are those who creep into household and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions now verse 7 underline this always learning and never able to arrive to the knowledge of the truth wow wow so here's the thing and this is the world today 
How many Christians uh, I've heard, they read the word or whatever it is, like now all of a sudden I, I, I've left my faith, like, like that song, Losing My Religion. <laughs> Losing my religion. And uh, so the, the point I'm trying to make is this. You can't claim to be led by the Holy Spirit and yet contradict the scripture. And yet at the same time, just reading the Bible alone, reading and studying the scripture alone is not going to lead you into the truth. Because that's what Paul said, always learning and never able to arrive to the knowledge of the truth. So leaving the scripture alone is not going to lead, lead us into the truth. I want to add to that, even if you have the ability to learn the Bible in its original language, some people take a lot of pride in that. That is not going to cut it. You want to prove it? You, wanna, you, you want me to prove it? You know, the people that learn the Bible knew the original language, they could recite the whole book of a prophet Jeremiah, some of those guys. Yet they were the people that they fulfilled the scripture by nailing the Messiah to the cross. Phew, that's crazy, eh? Yeah. People with the, with the knowledge of original language, so it's all that is not enough. You know what Jesus said about those people? Even today, people who you might, you might be equipped academically but really miss the truth. And this is what Jesus said, John chapter 5, verse 39. He said, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. And it is they, meaning the scripture, that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You refuse to come to me that you may have life. Remember the passage that we read in the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. All right. So you want to find life? Yes, we, we need to know the scripture, but that's not enough because it's only Jesus that will bring life. Let's go more thoroughly on this passage. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Now, that first sentence, obviously, as we read the, 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 uh, the, the, that scripture, the language is very much a creation language, a Genesis language. However, it is my belief that the word beginning goes beyond the creation. It was like in the beginning, when the beginning, when the, whenever there was a beginning, there was God. And he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Now, that the word was with God, some of you may, may have encountered uh, some people called JWs. 
they will present to you. No, actually, the Bible doesn't say the, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. They would say, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was a God. That's, what, that's their claim. And the reason for that claim is they said because in the, in the Greek word, in the Greek translation, it says, in the beginning was the word and the, the word was with God. And with God, there's no a definite article like, you know, like, the, uh, like the word and God. It doesn't say the word and the God. So they said any word in Greek that doesn't have the definite article, the word the, has to be translated a. So I checked my, uh, my uh, Greek Bible, and this is the literal, literal translation from the Greek version, all right? It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word, the word was with the God. This is the Greek uh, uh, translation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word the word was with the God, and God was the Word. Alright? That's the translation. So, this is my argument. To begin with, John, who is from a Jewish background, forget he, he's a disciple of Jesus, from a Jewish background, undoubtedly, it is, it is doubtfully that he would present somebody who is a monotheistic in his religion to actually present another God exists apart from the God. Number one. Number two, just by that, that statement of John, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with the God, so there's no way he's going to be talking about out of the blue just about another God, okay? So anyway, we're safe to believe the Word is God, okay? So, now, in that also, some people with probably uh, some sort of cynical uh, attitude towards that statement say, so what, the word is, is God, so is, is this Jesus? Like, so is this Jesus? No, it's, of course it's not. This is the written word. Jesus is the incarnate word as written by John. The, in, same chapter, verse 14, he said, and then the word became flesh. So one is the written word, the other one is the incarnate word. However, while both of them are distinguishable, and yet they are not separable. And you can see the relationship of, of the incarnate word to the written word is very, they're very much united. The, one of the things is that I can, I can show you how Jesus, all his life, he depended on the written word. The incarnate word totally depended on the written word. On the time of temptation in Luke chapter 4 and Matthew 4, I believe, also 4, Matthew 4, where Jesus was tempted, and yet 40 days before that, he had the experience of having the, this massive manifestation of the heaven the heavens opened and the voice from heaven came to him and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then on the, day of uh, on the time of temptation, Satan came and challenged the word of the father. So the father said, 
This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And Satan came in the temptation and said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God. Isn't that interesting? God gave the word, You are my son in whom I am I'm well pleased. Satan said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God. Now let me, let me, let me point this out. Did Jesus, in answering Satan, did he go back to his, his experience what happened 40 days ago? Did he say, my dad spoke when the sky was open and my dad, a voice from heaven came and everybody could hear it? No, he didn't say that. He said, it is written. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. So in other words, Jesus put so much trust in the written word. The incarnate word put so much trust yeah. in the written word. Yeah. In many of Jesus' teaching, he would go back to it as it is written, as it is written. That is a common statement of Jesus. All right? Now, here's the thing. This one massive statement of Jesus. He said, heaven and earth will pass away. But my word remains forever. Many of us have heard that statement. Now I want to bring that statement of Jesus in, in its context. In two occasions, Jesus made that statement. So the first one is, I want to say, the first one Jesus made, you know, the, the first statement Jesus made, not chronologically, but you know, the, that statement is the spoken word of Jesus when Jesus prophesied about the coming events with the end time. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Mark chapter 13, verse 31. Luke chapter 21, verse 33. Jesus was speaking of the end time and the destruction of the temple and all those things. In speaking out this word, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever, will remain. So the spoken word of Jesus is solid. But the, the other occasion was when Jesus was preaching in, uh, uh, in what, what is known as the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus was reinterpreting the law in Matthew chapter 5. In talking about the law, the importance of the law, speaking, referring to the, the written law, the written scripture, Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but this written word will remain. And then he added, not even an iota or a comma will be removed. Interesting. So you can't separate the two. The spoken word of Jesus, the incarnate word, and the, the teaching of Jesus. You can't have Jesus, without his word, you can't separate the two. And yet at the same time, yeah, as I said, just said, you can't study the word without Jesus. But here's the thing, you can't claim to know Jesus. It's not enough to claim to know Jesus and yet not wanting to read the word, the written word. Okay? First Peter, when, when, when Peter was writing in his letter describing the nature of our, our new, new, new nature as a new creation, 
being born again, not of uh, corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, the word of God. And then he commanded the, uh, the, the new believers, he said, further on, then he said, but hunger for spiritual milk because it will lead you into salvation and you will grow in your salvation. So my thing is, the big point that, 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 that I just said is that you can't claim to be led by the Holy Spirit and yet your conduct, your words and, and your, your manner is not biblical. Point number two, you cannot just study the Word of God and think you know everything, you, you have the knowledge, but never actually come to Jesus. Like Jesus said, you study the Scripture, but never come to me because I have the life. And the next thing is, the last point that I made, yes, we need to know Jesus, and we need to know the Holy Spirit. But I want to say this. The Holy Spirit and Jesus will lead you only to the truth. The Word of God. In, in conclusion, I, I want to say this. Thinking of the life of Jesus at the end of his life. And I just want to refer back to the prayer of Jesus. And the, the ministry of Jesus. While he was in the world, Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 12, he said, while I was in the world, I protected the disciples. He was saying this to the Father in heaven. Father, while I was in the world, I protected them. And then in his prayer, pretty much what he's saying is, in my absence, I trust you to protect them through the word. It's like Jesus said, I'm not going to be here, but the only thing that's going to protect my, my disciples and those who come to believe in my, through my disciples, the only thing that's going to protect them is the Word as they are led by the Spirit of truth into all truth. In that, I want to come, I'm going to say this, as a pastor, as a as a as I looked at that truth, I want to say this. If Jesus put so much trust that the truth of the Word of God will preserve His people, where does that leave me as a pastor? Where does that leave Diane? Where does that leave our leaders in the church? The best thing we can do for you guys members of the Life Christian Church and anybody listening to this to this sermon now above all yes I, you know, I like I like people I like hugging them I like talking to them I like joking with them but you know what the best thing I can do to you if nothing else is the word of God because Jesus put so much trust that the word of God is able to preserve his people I think that's the least I could do above all the care and all the, the things that I could do for you, the church will remain 
because of the will of God. So let's just pray. My prayer is, I don't know, I, I really believe a burden in me is that there's going to be a revival of the will of God in the hearts of yeah. the hearts of <clears throat> our people. Amen. Yeah, that the Holy Spirit will come and invade our hearts with the truth. So let's just pray. Father, I pray, Lord, just like we see in this in the gospel, Lord, that Jesus, you put so much trust. You were about to leave the world and you left the disciples putting so much trust in the power of the word of God. So now, Lord Jesus, as we hold this, this book, we make a commitment, Lord, the world is a mess. There are all kinds of belief systems. There are a lot of people who claim to know the truth, but they've gone astray because they're not led by your Holy Spirit, and yet they're not guided by your truth, and yet they've missed the person who embodied, who proclaimed, and who taught the truth. So, Father, we commit ourselves to submit to the authority of the truth and to be diligent, Lord, with the word of truth, your word. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your people. Let's just sing this song.